Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. The following segment is from the off-day debrief on the SB Nation NFL show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. Mike Silver went on NFL Network and really twisted himself into a pretzel because he was talking about Russell Wilson and what it might take to get Russell Wilson. What he eventually said was three first-round picks. Three first-round picks is what teams expect to hear or something about that. Basically, he talked to somebody with the Seahawks, to me, and he was basically saying that's where the bidding starts. Does that seem fair to you? Yeah, I mean, the Seahawks shouldn't be in no rush to move on from Russell Wilson. Um, I, I think that's totally... Uh, I mean, if I, if I, if I was a Seahawks fan, if I'm the Seahawks, I'm not, I don't want to just give up Russell Wilson. It it has to be. And obviously too, you're going to drive a hard bargain to start. I mean, the Eagles said they wanted two first round picks for Carson Wentz. Spoiler alert. They did not get two first round <laughs> picks for Carson Wentz, but you know, that's where they're going to start the negotiations and then, you know, uh, go down from there. So no surprise. I think that you would hear that. Um, I just, I don't know stats, you know, obviously we talked about a Russell Wilson trade in last week's podcast with our bold predictions and potentially sending him to Dallas. Um, it's just kind of tough when you look at the money of it all. And, and I was looking into that more here, you know, um, he, uh, a portion 19 million of his base, uh, salary became guaranteed on the 12th. Uh, if the Seahawks were to trade him, they would be taking a $39 million dead money hit, which is uh, about like almost, uh, or so Carson Wentz for perspective here was at three thirty three point eight million million. And that was the biggest cap hit by far in terms of dead money. So the Seahawks were to trade Russell Wilson at least before June 1st, which you would think would happen in terms of a team wanting a quarterback. Uh, it would be the largest dead cap hit uh, again, surpassing Carson Wentz, and also the Seahawks would lose actually seven million dollars in cap space. So, so it would. The point being, with all that, it would take a pretty penny to move off of him. Yes, it would, uh, and I think the Seahawks don't have any desire to do that. I think, like it, like the Deshaun Watson situation, it comes down to how much are the players Watson and Wilson going to push it? Are they going to play hardball? And I heard this on Pro Football Talk yesterday. Florio said he had a source who usually texts him back right away hmm. throughout their history. And so Florio texted him the other day, has Russell Wilson requested a trade? And the source, who usually responds right away, did not respond. Hmm. They didn't say no, they didn't respond. Now, of course, it's always possible they were doing something, didn't see the text, whatever, but take that for what, it, for what it's worth. I know Florio. I've worked with him for many years. He doesn't say things like that for no reason. So if Russ has requested a trade and is really as unhappy as he kind of seemed to be earlier this offseason, 
that changes everything because the Seahawks can not want to trade him all they want. If Russ wants out, he's going to be moved. Yeah, I think the key thing to note there, or at least the thing that I'm being reminded of uh, when you're talking about that, is apparently Carson Wentz didn't request a trade. It's just that uh, if you read um, the Monday morning quarterback from Albert Breer, it was just that like Carson Wentz's agency basically suggested to the Eagles it might be better <laughs> if they move on. It's like that's, you know there's distinction without difference there. Like, right. like clearly um, maybe he hasn't, you know, written it down, you know, in writing or whatever, or hasn't said the words himself, but he's clearly, I mean, but he has kind of though, you know, he has gone out here and he has known, or he has made it known that he's not totally happy there. And there's a sentiment being expressed. And now again, I don't think it's necessarily, it's like trade me at all costs. There's zero chance, zero percent chance I'm going to be back, but it is clearly, you know, a tactic that he's using to go out there and let it be known he's not happy. And also his camp, maybe not him necessarily, but, and maybe not his agent necessarily, but probably, but at least at the very least, someone in his representation or his side of things, someone with Russell Wilson's best interest in mind, um, you know, is, is clearly driving this, this conversation and whether that's to, you know, to facilitate a trade or to kind of get him more support, if that's the goal in Seattle or more power or, or whatever it is. I mean, there's something there. It's not nothing. I think it is such a big mistake. And I think I mentioned this before in the oddcast stats. It is always a huge mistake to think that something comes up like this is just totally fabricated and it's a media lie. That is, it, you are so mistaken when you think that. Because I remember not too long ago when I got killed on Twitter here stats for pointing out that Carson Wentz, it was actually the, the week the rumors about him getting traded first started to come out. I had pointed out that Carson Wentz did not welcome Nick Sirianni on Twitter. And now everyone was like, oh, BLG, you're blowing, you're making something out of nothing. Well, Carson Wentz usually welcomes like everyone on Twitter. And he didn't in that case. And, you know, that was just one of the signs that pointed to him, like not wanting to be here. And we're seeing much more brazen on the record stuff from Russ. So where there's smoke, there's fire. And like you just pointed out, the f it it's not that he didn't welcome him on Twitter like alone. It's the fact that he deviated from what we've seen from him yes. for so long. That's what you picked up on. And it's the same thing with Russell Wilson. Russ was go Hawks guy, team first guy, you know, love the team, yada, yada, yada. Now, all of a sudden, for two straight off seasons, he's publicly criticizing the team. That is a noted difference from what we've seen so far. So all we can assume from that is that something changed something is different he is not on he's not happy about something and so this is where we are with Russell Wilson now Mike Silver did note in his report that he thinks that Russ and the team can work it out and that the team got the message but the fact that they are floating this price tag out here that's significant that you don't do that if you're not willing to at least listen in a trade and Silver said well you know John Schneider, the GM, is he's always listening, you know, but but he's not having trade negotiations. Well, I got news for you. As long as you're on the other end of the phone, you're listening and you're having trade negotiations. The only way you don't have negotiations is if one side hangs up. Anything other than that is a negotiation because you're still listening. I'm sure he's taking notes. Okay, let me three first round picks. That's what they would offer. Okay, I'll keep that. In the, even if they don't want to trade him right now, he's still got it in his files. He knows what the price could potentially be. I think the thing here to to think about is that maybe it isn't this offseason, but I don't think Russell Wilson is going to finish out his contract, which is currently through the 2023 season with Seattle. Like if you're hearing this, you know, unless there's, you know, some 
you know, to win a Super Bowl and there's this like big change of heart and all of a sudden, you know, everything is going great. Um, I think if things continue to go as they have, I think it's clear that he wants out in the long term. Again, maybe it isn't this offseason just because of the contract. Now, you know, I mentioned that 39 million in dead money earlier. If you trade him after June 1, as you kind of pointed out before we were talking before the show, it's a little bit more feasible. Although, you know, the the post-June 1 thing is always a little tricky because, you know, it looks a little bit more attractive than it actually is in terms of, oh, the uh, Seahawks would actually clear $19 million, but then they have d- more dead cap going into the future years. It's not like they're, they're getting a free lunch, so to speak, just because they move him after June. And also, I don't know how realistic it is for a team to really kind of be paying this huge price to get Russell Wilson and be doing it so late in the offseason. Like at that point, wouldn't we just know who was going to trade for him? Because it's like, well, <laughs> this team hasn't like uh, done anything at quarterback very right. suspiciously. Um, so that would be, I think, a big tell. So, yeah, again, I don't think it's I, I would if I had to put a, you know, a likelihood on this happening stats, I still think I would go like. 25% it does happen but that's you know that's I feel like that's uncomfortable if you're a Seahawks fan that's a that's a that's a percentage that you're still not comfortable with even though it seems unlikely I mean think about that like the guy Russell Wilson your guy who won a Super Bowl for you got you to another one all of a sudden a few years later there's a 25% chance he might be traded like that's unfathomable but that is where we are and it's sort of an interesting comparison because you've got Russ Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz played as bad as you could play last year and said, basically, I want out, even though, like you pointed out, he didn't request a trade, but he made it known he wanted out and he got out of Dodge. Deshaun Watson played as good as you could play last year and he wants out and we're going to see what happens with him. And Russ was awesome. He threw 40 touchdowns last year, by the way, just as many as Tom Brady. And he is sort of hinting that maybe he wants out. So I'm interested to see if all three of these guys end up getting moved. What is sort of the best path? Because apparently if you want out, no matter how good you play on the field, you can get out as we saw with Carson Wentz. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, everyone talks about it in the NBA. It's kind of like a player movement kind of era, uh, player empowerment kind of league kind of uh, environment that we live in now. Um, which is good to an extent in terms of, I think, you know, players deserve some kind of agency in what happens with their future. Um, you know, I know people talk about honor the contract, but, you know, teams break contracts with the players all the time <laughs> and then they cut them. So, it, you know, it's not um, as simple as you have to be loyal to the contract at all times. It kind of makes it interesting in terms of, uh, I think, a fan experience like, oh, that guy who I thought was going to be on that team forever is now a member of our team. That's exciting. Yeah. At the same time, not so exciting when it's your guy who you think is going to be on your team forever is going to be this mainstay, and all of a sudden they're moving around. Um, there's, it's not. It feels like it's, it's more rare now, you know, that you get this player who just plays his entire career in one place. I mean, even just look at a, you know, some of these guys at the tail end of their careers, like a Philip Rivers. You know, like they're going to go play out that final season somewhere else, and so it's kind of it's kind of hard. Like you think uh, you want to be attached to your favorite players, these stars, but you kind of can't. And yeah, I think that that's a good thing, ultimately, to be honest with you. If players want to move on, great. If teams want to move on, great. As long as both sides have the same kind of flexibility, that's that's what I would like to see. So I'm I'm all for player empowerment and guys changing teams. Do what's best for you. Let me ask you this. Does the potential of a franchise, another franchise quarterback being on the market hurt 
say, the Houston Texans. Now, let me explain. If I'm, you know, the Miami Dolphins, for instance, and I am calling Nick Casario in Houston, and I am, you know, every day, here you go, four first-round picks. We'll throw in Christian Wilkins or pass rushers or whoever. You know, we'll throw in guys. Let's get this deal done. And he says, no, 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 no. Well, I see this Russell Wilson story, and I'm like, you know what? I know Russ is a little older. He's 33. He's going to be 34. But he says he wants to play till 45. He never misses games. Maybe if it only takes three first-round picks, maybe I call John Schneider and we go after Russell Wilson. Is that logical or does that not apply? So you're saying Nick Casario is behind the Russell Wilson trade rumors. He's, he's no. engineering it. No, it's better. It's, it hurts Houston because teams are like, hey, you can't, you're going to go crazy trying to get this monster package. I can offer a little bit less and get a player that's a little bit older, but who's almost as good as Deshaun Watson. Sorry, I meant to say Chris Greer from the Dolphins is engineering <laughs> these trade. No, I, I get what you're saying, stats. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, yeah, it certainly would not be in Houston's favor in that case. I think uh, just because of Watson and the market for him and the age and everything and, and, and the contract and uh, all of that put together and, you know, coming off a good year, even though on a bad team, I still think he's, you know, more attractive than Russ would be when you consider all of that. Um, but it's a fair point raised by you. I, I think uh, Russ's market is should be very robust, you know, if if there is one. But I, I guess it's kind of complicated, again, in terms of, like, how much do the Seahawks actually – how much are they willing to play ball? It seems like it's going to take a crazy offer for them to even consider it. I think that's what I'm, I'm wondering about in all of this is, like, how, how – ser- so we know Russ wants out, but – is Seattle truly like, no, it's not going to happen at all costs? Or are they willing, you know, to listen to these offers? And as you're suggesting, the fact that, you know, they're putting this price tag out there or the price tag is out there, maybe not them necessarily putting it out there, seems like they're at least considering it. You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.